We're joined by Attorney Thomas DeVore. And uh, good morning, uh, Attorney. First of all, you know, give us a, get us up to speed. I know I, you, we thought that the governor was going to be I, going to Clay County, and I was gonna, you know, I was get packing my bag to get my, uh, you know, yeah. mobile office to be able to, you know, turn and burn stories from down in Clay County, which uh, would have been historic, uh, a contempt hearing for the governor, and possible uh, facing jail if he didn't show up. And now, uh, now it looks like Attorney DeVore, you might be able to sleep on Greg's couch this week. I don't know. <laughs> so what happened? Uh, well, uh, I don't like to speculate, even though we have to as attorney sometimes, based upon at least some presumptions. But I would be as remiss as you guys to try to determine what the Supreme Court of Illinois was, uh, what their objective was in, in staying that proceeding. Not only did they stay the contempt proceeding, they, on their own motion, because nobody had even asked them to, on their own motion, transferred Bailey v. Prisker to Sangamon County. So we've got that nobody now. Wrapped- to do that. So we've got that now wrapped in with all of the other cases that you have, right? Uh, including some Sangamon County cases, and those are the cases that uh, challenge whether there's an emergency in those specific counties. Is that right? That's right. That's right. There's about half a dozen of those, give or take, challenging the the county-by-county determination. The governor will likely say, well, it's a statewide analysis and not a county-by-county analysis, and we'll have to take that up. But uh, it has been wrapped in uh, with those cases. I mean, I again, I don't pretend to try to figure out what the Supreme Court's thinking, uh, but the, the law generally is, is that if you have common issues of law or fact in cases, you usually transfer it to the place where your first, where the first case was filed, as a general proposition. Bailey v. Prisker's been around for months, so again, what their reasoning was, uh, I don't know. Practically speaking, gentlemen, it doesn't matter because all of these cases are going to be reviewed by the higher courts in what's called de novo review, D-E-N-O-V-O which means they're going to make their own decisions anyway. They're not going to give a lot of deference to the lower courts on these types of issues. So it's always been known the Supreme Court's going to decide these issues. So whether that comes through the Clay County Court or through the Sangamon County Court is not going to change the ultimate uh, determination of how these matters play out. But, you know, again, on their own motion, for their own good reasons, I guess, they took the case for Bailey Pritzker out of Clay County, which I thought was unfortunate. But uh, you know, that's their decision. I'm not going to be like the governor and start criti- criticizing judicial decisions like he's been doing for months. That's not something I would ever do. So, Attorney Thomas, I, just we, say I was disappointed to see that. Attorney Thomas DeVore is with us on News Talk 94.7 and 970 WMAY. Attorney DeVore, the governor made a point on Sunday about the fact that many of the judges other than the Clay County judge have basically ruled in the governor's favor. Uh, why do you believe the Clay County judge is right and the other judges are wrong? Well, one, none of those judges, it's double talk again by the governor. None of those courts have ever ruled in his favor, ever. Those have all been emergency hearings on likelihood of something being in one favor or the other. There's never a determination on the merits, like based upon the evidence. So all of those decisions, none of those were meritorious decisions. So Judge McKinney's decision was the only one. It was ever on the merits. And moreover, the arguments that I was making in the Bailey case have never been really squarely presented to any of these other courts. They were kind of skirt-tailing the issue, but they never really hit the issues in the manner that I had done. So, And, and 
Tom, uh, when it comes to that Bailey case, there was that one kind of leftover count, uh, count one, that the judge didn't decide on. You guys uh, dropped count four, but the judge found in your favor uh, count two and three, which ultimately led to the judge in Clay County, uh, Michael McKinney, saying that uh, the governor's orders passed April 8th are void. Um, and that was where the uh, the contempt of uh, the civil contempt came from, from you guys looking to get that charge uh, because the governor continued to issue those orders. But what about that first uh, that first uh, count? Uh, is that still hanging now? I mean, was that wasn't that part of the uh, argument the attorney general had and uh, seeking uh, a stay in this? That, that you know, and that's what's funny. People think that, you know, I was enamored completely with Judge McKinney's decision. I believe, as a matter of, of legal analysis, that count one, Greg, is the best count that we have. And he ruled against my client. I think it's the best one because you have to have a threat or an occurrence. Upon the issuance of the proclamation of disaster, you have to have, at that moment, a threat or an occurrence of a widespread public health emergency. The only threat, or is no threat, the only occurrence when you have those serial proclamations that are being entered, there's only one occurrence, gentlemen, that causes the need for that serial proclamation. And that's the arbitrary 30-day end date that the governor put in the one before it. That's the occurrence that requires the new proclamation so he can re-energize those emergency provisions. There's no new public health emergency. It's the same public health emergency. The serial proclamations are only needed because of the occurrence of the arbitrary 30-day end date. Uh, and that ruse is what really gets brought up in count one and kind of count two. But that's the best argument I think I had, and he ruled against me. But now that's going to be heard in Sangamon County. Do we know when that uh, all those consolidated cases, uh, when, when's the first time you guys are going to be in court with that? Because I'll be there. We're, we're not. We're going to – yeah, we're, we're still working on that. We're going to be in court next Tuesday on the governor's TRO request against three school districts. That You want to talk about uh, – uh, I'm being polite here, well, a joke. You will not find well, her at in, in, in Okay, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, we just talked to the Springfield School yeah. Board um, president about uh, you know schools, and they reversed their decision from a hybrid to a uh, remote only. Yeah. You've got Chicago Public School. This is this is a, this is a big uh, issue. So uh, tell us about what's coming up uh, next week when it comes to the uh, the lawsuits you have uh, concerning school districts. Now, the, the issue of your local school district going to remote learning, at least I would have to say that as long as there is a disaster having been proclaimed in that county. The legislature put a remedy, put that provision in there on June 18th. So your school districts have the legal authority under the legislature to go remote learning if there's a disaster pending. So to that extent, why do I, do I think it makes sense? No. Is it legislatively allowed? Yes. So my arguments as to all these other issues is not the same. But next week, Greg, is it is unprecedented in Illinois jurisprudence that I can find where a governor – and two administrative officials sue anybody. They sued three school districts, none of which are in Sangamon County, which is precarious in and of itself, because he says that a declaratory judgment action only applies to the county it's entered. Remember, Judge McKinney, Clay County? So he's asking the Sangamon County Court to rule on a declaratory judgment. He wants the court to find that what him and his administrative bodies have been doing is legal. And I'm not making that up. Is it legal or is it not legal, Governor? You're the one that's telling everybody it's legal. Go enforce it. Don't ask the court to tell you if it's legal. And 
he's looking for them to enter an injunction against these school districts, which is what's called an equitable remedy. If you guys, if you if you talk to lawyers, you will never find where a government body is looking to a court of equity for an injunction. Because if you have a legitimate exercise of executive or administrative power, if it's legitimate, there's a remedy there already in some fashion to enforce it. The mere fact that they can't enforce it with any remedy means that it's all a facade in the first place. But yeah, we're going to go argue that next Tuesday. And the governor, again, unprecedented in Illinois jurisprudence that I can find, is asking a court of equity to force somebody to do something which is tantamount to an admission that he has no enforceability of any of this. We'll definitely keep an eye on that, uh, uh, as always. Uh, Attorney Thomas DeVore um, representing uh, plaintiffs across the state, including State Representative Darren Bailey. Uh, that contempt of court hearing that was scheduled today has been postponed, of course. But I wanted to bring you on to give us a, a kind of a lay of the land of all the different things you got going on. So greatly appreciate your time this morning.